This is the Life Truth Network. Quest for our Truth, Episode 441. Quest for Truth, presented by Protectorate Productions and HPN, Heltsley Podcast Network. Now located at life-truth.com. And now, here is your host, Keith Heltsley. Hey everybody, this is your host Keith, and coming at you with another solo episode here for Quest for Truth. And uh, I wanted to uh, re-approach the topical spiritual warfare, the theme that I've been talking about lately. I'm not sure if I'll carry that beyond today. We'll have to see. But I'm pretty sure I'll, I'll call it quits on this one. Uh, although there could be some more deep things to dig up on it. Uh, but um, I don't of course, have anything called well with me today or any other uh, guests around. Uh, so I don't have an awful lot of opening remarks other than what I had just said. Oh, you know, I could do an extra bonus thing here. Uh, of course, you may know that Nathan Caldwell is involved with Clean Fiction Magazine, and he is uh, one of the editors there. And he, I th- think, interviewed somebody, and he left me a little snippet to play for you, and I think I will do that. Uh, so I'll leave, leave Nathan Caldwell to present what he has to say about that. Hello and welcome to Life Truth Radio. This is Nathan Caldwell with some new music and some not-so-new music. But what's a radio station without just a little bit of music? So here is the first episode of our music show. It may be the last. Who knows? But we wanted to share a couple songs with you from an artist by the name of Sean Ware, who reached out to us. We also will share with you Where the Gold is Clear by a group that called themselves Real People. That consisted of myself, John Warren, and Tyler Hickman. John Warren, you know of as Street Boss from Crimson Garnet, as well as Mick and Lucius Ferris from Dangerous Christian. Yep, he's really good at music. As a matter of fact, he also does the theme song for Dangerous Christian. So without further ado, let's start with Where the Gold is Clear. I believe Christ died on Calvary sins to pay the cost when he arose he finished salvation for the lost no need to pay our own debt stones rolled away no more of Golgotha the price has now been paid and before the Lord ascended told us of a place we will live forever be with him face to face so one day we're in torture of the body and the mind and suddenly we're staring down below our feet to find we're in
Keep that music hopping with Let's Worship the Lord by Sean Ware with Cameron S. God's presence is so bright. He is the radiance of light. This feeling is so right. He gave me purpose for my life. 
John Ware's next song, Miracle, also features Cameron S. Let's take a listen.
And that's what we have for now. Keep listening to Love Truth Radio. You may hear more. Thanks for that snippet there, Nathan. That was informative. I hope our listeners enjoy that. But now it's time to uh, get busy here with a couple of promos from the good folks at the Christian Podcast Community.com. Are you just watching? Do you enjoy watching movies? The special effects, the interesting characters, the great stories. There's a lot to enjoy that comes out of Hollywood. But sometimes it's best to approach secular media with a healthy dose of critical thinking. Join me, E. Franklin. And Tim Martin. As we discuss our favorite movies. And share critical thinking for the entertained Christian. So visit areyoujustwatching.com to subscribe. And don't just watch. Now featured on the Christian Podcast Community, ChristianPodcastCommunity.org. Welcome to the Doctrine Matters Podcast, where we seek to equip the church to understand and live out its faith. I'm your host, Stephen Dew. I'm the preaching pastor at South Caraway Baptist Church in Jonesboro, Arkansas. We want to thank you for joining us today, and let's get right to today's episode. Welcome to the Abundant Life Podcast, bringing you encouragement and challenging believers to spiritual change and growth by applying biblical principles to everyday life. And now your hosts, Sasso Mendez and Ben Ariano. Welcome everybody to the Abundant Life Podcast. I'm here with my good friend and faithful servant in the faith, Sasso Mendez. Hello, hello. What's going on out there? YouTube and uh, radio waves. <laughs> Land, radio land. But we really want this content to go out. We want people to know Amen. about Jesus and the truth. And Amen. so, uh, yeah, go ahead and rate us if you can. Give it, give it a rating. Uh, if not, just at least subscribe if you would. If you would subscribe, that way you're aware of when we drop a new episode. Check us out on uh, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, give us a like on on Facebook. And uh, we just want to thank you guys for for your support. And and uh, we'll see you in the next two ep- weeks coming up it's gonna be good good. don't miss it thanks guys we love you guys we'll see you thank you bye Bye. until next time thank you for listening to the abundant life podcast we pray you were blessed by today's episode please visit us online at abundantlife.fm until next time may god bless you
main topic. Okay, getting started here. Let me show now. Read through a few notes. Uh, one, I want I do want to open up with this statement. The gospel is uh, the power of God unto salvation. It's, um, it's scripture. I, I'm going to stop my head. I can't remember which uh, passage that comes from. But it's important to know uh, the gospel is power, and it's power from God for a purpose, and that is salvation. We can always know we have salvation because of what the gospel message means. The gospel is good news. It means that we're born into sin, but we don't have to stay there. The bad news is we're born into sin. The good news is we have a way out, and that's through Christ. Uh, when Jesus had called the twelve together, he gave them power and authority to drive out all demons, to cure diseases, and he sent them out to preach the kingdom of God and heal the sick. That's in uh, Luke 9, uh, verses 1 and 2. And these are some important things to know before we get started. Is the gospel's power, Jesus gives us authority, power and authority to drive out demons and diseases. Okay, So when we think of demons affecting people, maybe the first thing that comes to mind, at least for me, is becoming possessed, but you know, all of that can happen. It is extremely rare. I mean, I, I know a lot of people. I don't know anybody personally who is possessed. <laughs> I know a few people who uh, maybe want, to, want you to think they are, but uh, they're not. Um, the thing that happens most often when it comes to having uh, humans encountering demons is that you might say they're depressed or maybe infected would be a better way to put that. Even Christians can suffer from this ordinary condition as much as anyone. Um, and you can see this when there's an area in a person's life when you feel compelled to cave in uh, to doing the wrong thing. Uh, there are some basic ways that spirits can impact us. Uh, one is temptation. We don't need demonic help in that area. There's plenty of temptations that we deal with in the world, uh, pride and many other things. And, you know, I think what my first installment in kicking off this little run of episodes talked at great length about this is sometimes... Uh, we need to be able to understand that it's not an evil spirit in our life that's affecting us. It's just our own temptation. And who is the worst person to tempt us is looking right back at us in the mirror. You don't need to put the blame on Satan for that. Uh, like the old Flip Wilson routine for those who are old enough to remember that. The devil made me do it. Well, no, the devil didn't make you do it. However... The devil and demons, do they do know your weaknesses. They do know what's the common weaknesses to all mankind. And they can amplify that temptation. They can amplify those weaknesses. Uh, they certainly can. But 
in the end, those temptations, they start with you. Uh, there are some things, well, let me put this where there's a term, physical obstruction. What does that mean, physical obstruction? Well, um, have you ever experienced this where you were in a rush to go to a ministry event? You know, maybe you're going to be a key speaker, maybe you're going to have a key role to play, you know, the key, the key usher or something, and suddenly you're on the way things go wrong. You lose your keys. The car doesn't start. Have a flat tire. These things happen and you either get there late or uh, you get there and maybe on time but you're ruffled and maybe a little bit uh, cranky <laughs> or the mishaps. That could be uh, interference from an evil spirit. And, you know, even I don't have a note written down but it comes to mind that in Daniel. Uh, Daniel had prayed, and then when he finally had his answer, uh, the angel that came to give him his answer said he was being detained. He was being obstructed by another, an evil spirit for like 21 days before he could get there. Um, and that kind of thing happened just for a reason. Um, you're on a roll, you got plans, everything's all ready, but just one thing after another. Uh, that that can be an unseen force uh, interfering, obstructing. It doesn't need to be a poltergeist, throwing things around the room, nothing like that. We're not talking about that stuff. But it could just be um, just something that's keeping you from a larger mission. Um, I remember one, well, at least one time this comes to mind uh, on the way to church or some kind of a church meeting. I remember being all dressed up, suit and tie. And all of a sudden, I had a flat tire, and I had to hop out and change it. Well, it didn't take long. 15 minutes, change flat tire. But when you get done, your hands are all black and dirty. And I thought, oh, this is horrible. You know, But I was praying the whole time. It's like, you know, God help me with this. I got to get this going. I got to get there in time. And I'm going to be all dirty. And... I noticed through all the prayerful diligence <laughs> changing that tire. When I got done, I didn't have black, greasy smudges on my suit. I, my hands were, yeah, they were kind of dusty black from the black tire gunk. But the prayerful uh, diligence while I was changing that tire, I think God might have sent his own unseen forces to help out. So whenever I got to where I was going, you know, all I had to do was run to the restroom, wash up my hands, and I was good. No one would have known any difference. <laughs> but there are also um, some emotional oppression. Sometimes the evil spirits will affect uh, people. And this can take on you know, emotions, heavy feelings, depressions. And it, it doesn't have to be you know, clinical depression. You know, maybe there's just some bad news that just hit you the wrong way. And it just kind of sends your emotions in a tailspin. Uh, it, it's not just something you ate or some uh, thing affecting. It could, it, there could be uh, some unseen force there at work. Just you know, you're in a great mood, and suddenly, bam, you're not in a great mood. Maybe that one person knows how to press your buttons. <laughs> maybe they did it, but maybe there was something different. 
Uh, but this is, I'm just saying that this is how sometimes it can show up whenever there's some unseen forces. There's another thing. It's called demonization or an infestation. And, you know, often in the you know, previously mentioned cases just today with the temptation and the unseen forces, you know, sometimes all it takes is uh, prayer, you know, and, and calling on Christ, calling on the Holy Spirit. When that kind of thing happens, those things flee, you know, those unseen evil things flee. Like I mentioned, my, my prayerful uh, diligence to was changing that tire. I didn't get my suit messed up because I'm usually pretty messy when it comes to cars. Trust me. That was amazed. That's caught my attention. Uh, but whenever we're in, you know, feeling in a funk, we're feeling like, oh, I think I'm being bothered by evil spirits. Well, pray. And whenever you call upon the name of the Lord, remember the power of the gospel and the salvation, remember the power and authority Christ gave his disciples, we can claim that when we feel like there's there's no reason why we feel this way. We just do. You know, it's just not normal for me to do this. And um, those unseen things will flee. Now, let's say there's... Uh, I, I don't have a lot of direct notes. I referred to a book, was it last week? Called, uh, what's it called? Deliverance from Evil Spirits, I believe it was. Well, <clears throat> the, in reading that, I'm just going from, from memory there. The guy who wrote that talks about his ministry of dealing with others who have evil spirits. And trust me, I can think of at least two, if not more, people who might have a legitimate um, concerned by being affected by evil spirits. And the thing is, if you are around someone who this seems to be all rude and not themselves, uh, calling on the name of Christ and the Holy Spirit will do a couple things. Either those unseen forces will settle down and just leave so we can have a a, a rational conversation where that person would get all upset and offended and leave because maybe uh, either that they have a, a, a evil spirit bothering them and maybe that person isn't quite ready or willing because some people are, don't want to let go of whatever dark mood they're in and either the spirit will get up and go or that person will um, whenever you call in the name of Christ and uh, there's that um, now, you know, there is, I'm trying to think of it. I think it's in, um, second Corinthians. I want to say chapter 12, I could be mistaken. Uh, but there's a, a verse in there that says that, um, that, uh, you can tell a person saved because they'll, they will declare Christ as their Lord and savior but someone who has not been saved, or especially if they have an evil spirit uh, bothering them, they won't be able to say that Christ is Lord. Uh, and that's a, that's a test, you know. And, and trust me, if there's an evil spirit, I've seen it happen. <laughs> they look them up. They will refuse to say the phrase. And as the person says the phrase, then maybe if they 
did have an evil thing in their life. Maybe it left them long enough for them to say that. But it's just a test. It, um, anyway, um, those are a couple things, how an evil spirit shows up. And there's an important question that people uh, might like to know. And that is, can a Christian be possessed by a demon? And clearly, if you're filled by the Holy Spirit, there's no room for evil spirits to be in there, right? That's the question. <laughs> you would think my answer is, well, of course not. If the Holy Spirit is in your life, uh, there is no room for evil spirits in there. You're not going to be possessed by an evil spirit. Now, here's uh, a shade of nuance here. To some extent, most of us have not fully surrendered our lives to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Now, great, we're saved. That's true. Uh, Christ has saved our soul. But how often has it happened to you? I know it's happened to me. There's just something you're just not willing to give up. You know, I you know I I just like to do uh, go to the Sunday night football game or something. Uh, oh gosh, Jesus, don't take that away from me. I just love doing that so much. Well, maybe that's that's a real issue in your life. Well, in that in that case, I would say that's just me and my, dealing with my sinful state. But that sin is something that I'm not letting it go. In, in a small way, you could say, well, there's no evil spirits in that. But uh, it's just me just giving, not going to give in all the way. But uh, we, we're going to get more on that topic. Uh, but let's just hold that thought right there. But just remember that, that really there's none of us, to some degree, haven't fully surrendered in any of those dark corners that we're holding out on and giving up that control, uh, it could create some potential, uh, and not for some spirit to come in and possess, but sometimes this, the evil spirit and the likes to bug us isn't really out for possession. They just want to annoy us to death. <laughs> uh, they just want to make a lot of grief uh, in our life. Uh, and, uh, Anyway, Paul uh, put it this way in Romans 7, 19 and 20. For the good that I want, I do not do, but I practice the very evil that I do not want. But if I'm doing the very thing I do not want, I'm no longer the one doing it, but sin which dwells in me. So you can almost ima imagine uh, a little devil out there with personified as sin. And just letting that little shadow creep in where it ought not to be. And in a small way, in a tiny, incy-wincy way, isn't that sort of what we're doing? We're inviting uh, this special <laughs> devil called sin into our life. Uh, and Paul, uh, you know, that's the way he put it there, Romans. Uh, but here's the thing. Is you know there there's no uh, sin that's not common to man. It says in scripture there. And how do we know whether uh, our issues that we're having is just a common sin problem or actually being troubled by an evil spirit? How do we know that? Uh, 
Because, you know, the thing is, uh, spirits are not visible. You can't see them or smell them or touch them. But we know they're there. There's a spiritual realm. How do we know that? Um, well, just as a, a doctor starts with a diagnosis before he can give you medical treatment, uh, prayerful discernment is the starting point for understanding this situation. So we need to put on a little doctor hats and we need to load up on some discernment, you know, to diagnose what's happening here. Uh, a person who um, is truly bothered by an evil spirit, they, they will know what's going on. They'll know that I'm just, I don't know. I don't feel right. I don't, I'm doing what Paul said. I have these things. I know I shouldn't do them. I don't want to do them, but I just keep caving in. There's something that's not right. Um, Now, for some of you, maybe you have some uh, experience with being or interaction with those who are missionaries. And maybe some pastors have encountered some things like this. But uh, I've known a few missionaries, and not all the time. Once in a while, you'll talk to one, and they'll come back and they'll tell you about the local tribe and the witch doctor or somebody who's practicing voodoo or some other uh, local dark art there. And um, they... uh, can sometimes do what they can, you know, they can cast a spell, they can conjure up something, and there'll be an evil spirit to come and afflict somebody. And even the missionary or someone in his family, sometimes they can do that. Now, you got, of course, I, I get it. You know, we worship God, the one and only, the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings. Uh, he is bigger and powerful and more stronger than all the rest of this. But when it comes to uh, the world that we live in, uh, humans aren't all that strong when it comes to uh, devils and demons. We're not. Uh, we're, we don't have very long lifespans, comparatively speaking. And those devils and demons know an awful lot how to affect people. And uh, whenever there's something happening, they say, I, I, I've never personally carried it, but you just know it. And what comes to mind, because I remember sometimes uh, the word demonization or infestation, that might be a better word, uh, I'm reminded of training that I did when I was down at Panama. And when you're in a foreign country like that, the one thing they tell you is if you're not drinking the tap, I and mean, you can drink the tap water as becomes prepared, you know, from the city does that military base but if you're out in the, the jungle uh, not only do you not drink the water you don't even get in the water because water has parasites in it no one thinking about those parasites they can just find an open wound just sneak in anywhere and once they're in there they can there's like little worms that can grow god that was disgusting um but when there was if you were to have a parasite you would know it because you'd be able to feel it wiggling around where wiggling around ought not to be. Uh, and it's the same kind of a thing when an evil spirit 
really bothers somebody. Back to what I was doing here. It, it's the same kind of thing when the, when you're truly being affected by an evil spirit. There's just something about it that you just know, and that person will let you know. Now, granted, they might be faking it. They might be just putting on the big show for attention. Um, but if they really are affected in that way, they might be embarrassed. They might want to tell you. Uh, they might think you won't believe them. And honestly, if someone says, oh, I've been bothered by, by a devil, what do I do about that? Then your sane, rational uh, side might kick in and say, oh, let's go see the doctor. Let's see a psychologist. And that's a good thing to do. But it never hurts to pray. Uh, pray for you know your own discernment. Pray for uh, the uh, relief, the deliverance from this evil thing. Um, but the people who uh, do have some kind of demon attachment experience things in all kinds of ways, uh, you, of course, you get the usual thing that comes at least for me. You might hear voices. They might the voices might be pushing them to do uh, violence, to commit suicide. The, they might feel hateful emotions, especially self-hate. Uh, they might be voices telling them, just drive your car in that tree, do it now, or <laughs> something. You're no good. You you belong to the devil forever. You can't get away. Uh, th these are some things that uh, I know people experience. Uh, and, and I've talked, I'd like to say, I know at least two people. And we've had conversations before, and these things have come up. Uh, at least that last part. And you try to say, look, you know, you you try to help them out. You can pray for them. Sometimes they get really resistive when you pray for them, and they don't want any of it. And sometimes, you know, I'm not Jesus, and sometimes I can't help somebody if they don't want to help themselves. If I was Jesus, I would just cast things out, and it would be the end of it, right? But I don't have that authority on my own. Uh, but sometimes uh, if there is some kind of an evil influence, there can be uh, nightmares or I don't want to say seeing things but or even visions, but we'll stick with nightmares. And sometimes that can be the case. And sometimes I know, well, I think I might have mentioned it before a long time ago on the show because we were talking one time about um, testimonies and whatnot and when and I I came to Christ when I was about eight but before I did uh, I was just going through a spell where I was having some really extreme nightmares some pretty intense stuff for a seven or eight year old kid <laughs> and it would just terrify me and nothing would seem to help uh, and then I mean it would just convey so much vivid uh, terror about things and it, it when I you know accepted Christ in my life and the Holy Spirit and then all that went away now was I uh, possessed by a demon at the time no I don't think so was I being strongly afflicted by one well yeah I, I would say so probably um, and this is, this is just one way uh, that you can be aware of how people might be bothered 
uh, they may be somebody may have just weird unnatural thoughts, things that they would never ordinarily even think of or do. Uh, suddenly, they just explode in their mind and uh, all these things. And uh, again, discernment. If, if you are in conversation with someone and some of these things come to the surface about, uh, you know, I think I'm, there's something wrong with me or what's the matter with uh, this person that I am related to that I know very well. They just have changed. I don't know what happened to them. Um, maybe uh, with discernment, you know, is some of this going on? No, there are apparently different types of spirits. And I got this part remember that book from um, Deliverance from Evil Spirits. And this this is just some really basic notes uh, about spirits that can, could be involved. Um, the occult spirits uh, is apparently the most dangerous kind. Uh, according to the author of that book, he will say that they have names. They have names like Baal and Beelzebub. And they'll have all kinds of biblical sounding names like that. They'll have actual names. And the occult uh, related uh, spirits, you encounter them by being involved in occult practice. Now, there, there could be a, a different way. You wouldn't have to be directly involved with an occult practice. Uh, and then I'll, I'll probably wrap up with a thought, so hold that idea. <laughs> Let's talk about sin. Um, sometimes there is an evil spirit bothering us. They don't really have a name, but they, but they are identifiable. You, If you want to give them a name, remember I, I said in, in Paul's statement that you could personify the name, the, the, the word sin, uh, you could personify the word anger or malice or lust or uh, sometimes different. You might think of it as a category of sin or a subcategory of sin. Sometimes um, that is the spirit that's there doing nasty things in your life. Um, and it could be just typical everyday run-of-the-mill sin or it could be uh, a devil that specializes in that. So I, mean, I know how to get this guy. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to get him. Uh, now, there could be various kinds of trauma. This could be emotional trauma. It could be physical trauma. Uh, there could be a traumatizing thing that happened. Uh, maybe, uh, you know, like physical abuse, a car wreck, uh, if you're anything where there's any kind of trauma, it could introduce um, some level of an evil spirit that can at least bother you. Um, and I might, let me, while I'm here talking about sin and trauma, um, there is an example that I read. It sounds pretty innocuous, pretty innocent. And it had to do with a couple of parents who were trying to get their young child to behave. And and you know, as parents do, you try to admonish. And some of the admonishing words were coming across to the children. And it, it, it kind of, I guess, traumatized their tender young heart. 
and they felt uh, more worse than they should have. They essentially they allowed that remark to fester and became amplified, and they were so upset they couldn't sleep. And, it, and that night, saying their prayers before they went to bed, they kind of uh, they put, they, they kind of um, prayed with the child and, and let them know they're going to cast this devil of whatever the admonishing was, and and that left the little girl, and she was happy and could sleep. Now that's pretty uh, innocent. You might say, oh, just you know, one of those things. Uh, she just took, had her emotions hurt and was uh, feeling bad. And that could be all it is, honestly. Remember discernment, and and that's probably all it was. But sometimes we, and, and that's just a small example. Sometimes something worse happens, and sometimes there is uh, some evil uh, notion or thought that uh, draws us back into the mess. Uh, now, there's a term called ancestral. And this is a category of type of evil spirit. I'm laughing. You'll know why in a minute. Because as people say, my Aunt Martha comes to visit me, and she's my spirit guide to tell me what to do. Or I think my house is haunted by a previous owner. Or, uh, you know, my dad comes back, and he sends me texts on my phone to guide me. Okay, these are all um, not real. They don't. There are no ghosts. Ghosts don't come back. Your family members, once they have passed along, they have passed along. Now, allegedly, there's two ways to think of this, and I'm inclined on the first way, is that uh, evil spirits are good impersonators. They're good mimics. And if they want to mimic something, a warm, fuzzy bunny that comes and sleeps on your pillow at night, well, golly, that's what they're going to do. Uh, they're good mimics, uh, and they can fool people with that. And you'll say, oh, no, they know things about me that no one else would know except for my dear old mom. No, <laughs> you don't know. Uh, they probably know you better than you think you do. They know how to push those buttons. They know how to get in there and dig. They know what it takes to push you over it an edge to commit a sin. Um, now, the other idea is that, well, it, maybe it really is um, a deceased person who has some unrequited thing and they are just wandering. They're not at peace, and so they can't cross over. Sounds very new agey. But that's the other idea. Um, you know, when it comes down to that, if you think you're you really do have maybe a ghost living in your house, or maybe you really think there is unrequited thing, you know what you do? There's the answer for you. You pray that they leave. No, I'm sorry. You command that they leave. You you pray, of course, for discernment from the Holy Spirit, but you command that they leave, and you command that they go directly to the presence of Christ who will deal with them fairly and justly and right now. And if they really are an unrequited spirit, well, then he'll pass them on. He'll, he'll requite them. <laughs> and, 
uh, if they're really an imposter, well, he'll deal with that too. Uh, and so that's how you deal with that. But there, but there's, there are no ghosts. There are no, they're departed souls haunting the earth. They're, in my opinion, they are uh, sneaky demons. <laughs> anyway, sorry about that. But now I know why I was laughing. <clears throat> but how else? My evil spirits get a foothold in our life. Well, and this is a biggie here. Curses. Dun, dun, dun. Insert the dramatic riff there. <laughs> um, curses are real. Because um, sometimes it's not that you've done anything wrong. Or that a Christian has done anything wrong. Uh, sometimes, well, the curse for one thing is it's really nothing more than wishing evil on someone. And I've heard Christians put a curse on people, not knowingly. And maybe sometimes while they were saying a prayer, you know, saying a prayer about somebody, and in the process, you know, wishing you know just just do something to them, God, and make them, you know, have a bad thing happen. Or I don't know. Uh, and that's bad, if you ask me. But if you think about it, read, what is it, Deuteronomy? Uh, one of Moses' farewell sermons, you had half the people join at one hill, and they recited blessings that, that would happen whenever they obeyed God. And the other half stood on the opposing mountain, and they recited curses, very graphic and numerous, more numerous than the blessings. <laughs> And uh, th those are th evil things uh, that God warned them would be upon them. There, there are curses put there that whenever you don't obey God, uh, there's some godly curses there. Um, but remember, I talked about, you know, which doctor, voodoo guy? Well, they probably do have some kind of control or uh, relationship to have power to uh, sick an evil spirit on you. Uh, and that would be a curse. But any time you wish something bad on somebody, and I don't, I, I try to go out of my way to not wish anything bad on anybody. Uh, however, uh, once in a while, there could be a need, uh, and I could tell you more about that later. <laughs> um, but essentially, what I'm talking about when I say that is, uh, if uh, there's, for example, you have somebody who, let's say it's a loved one, and they're in total rebellion, they're not listening to anything you have to say, they're not listening to anything that you have to say, that the scripture has to say that is the right thing to do, they're not want to hit, they don't want to hear about church or salvation or none of that stuff, they just want to do what they want to do, you know what you do? Once you've admonished them and had other people help you talk to them and they're just not listening, you treat them like the unbeliever. I think Jesus said that in a passage here in Matthew somewhere. And you let God deal with them. Then you just have to say, well, you're in God's hands and it's not going to go well. And God, take them down, but bring them back. And whenever I say you, you sometimes it's good to curse somebody, that's how I would put it, is God, take them down, but bring them back. <laughs> we don't want to lose them. Bring them back into the, the fold. 
but in our curse, uh, you, you again, you have to remember that the gospel is the power of God and to salvation. And once we're in his hands, nothing, no power or principality can remove us from his hands. Not even us. We, we can't remove ourselves from his hand. We should always seek to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Um, we should always seek to make Christ the Lord of our life. All these things are our best defense. Um, but certainly curses can come upon us. Uh, there's things like witchcraft. You have Wiccan covens. Uh, you have any number of uh, um, occult places, uh, groups, and they get a kick out of it. <laughs> they get a kick at putting curses on Christians. I know this because I've talked to people who do that thing. And they will, uh, especially during certain holidays of the year, Halloween, Christmas, Easter, Mother's Day. Um, they like to just drive around town, I guess. I don't know. They, but they cast curses on, on churches collectively, on the staff, on individuals that they know to go there. Um, and it has happened. And now, uh, is that really a thing? Come on, it's, it's, you know, witches and stuff. They're trying to put a curse on me. It, it, it can work. Because, it, again, sometimes just bad things happen. It's like you don't know what going on but you have the best defense you know you have the holy spirit you have the authority of jesus christ anytime you feel yourself being drawn under uh maybe there is some wicked group is make this putting stupidness in your head uh maybe you just need to pray others pray uh to run towards god that away from god um, but there could be, you know, results that could show up in unexplained illness, broken relationships, family turmoil, drama, anything, anything that would upset a Christian life and cause us to live less abundantly as we should. Um, <clears throat> Luke 9, 1 and 2. Um, he called the twelve together, and he gave them power and authority over all the demons and to heal diseases. We have that authority. And he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God. We have that uh, right there. We are told we have that power and authority uh, to overcome that. Um, we could even look towards some of the last words Jesus told his disciples before he was crucified in Matthew 28, 18-20. Especially 18, Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. And, uh, of course, in 19, he says to go and make disciples. But I also want to jump to 20, teaching them to observe all I commanded you. And, lo, I am with you always. So I just want to focus on the opening part. He has the power. He is with us always, uh, even to the end of the age. Um well, you can look at John 15, verse 12 and 13. What do you say there? This is my commandment, that you love one 
another just as I have loved you. Uh, and the 13 goes on, greater love is no one than this, the one laid down his life for his friends. Now, that's what our command is. Our command is to love, love like Jesus loved. Our command is, or, or, I'm sorry, we should understand that we have his authority and his power forever. He is with us forever. And one last thing uh, to, as a parting word here, uh, as we wrap up our session today, is we had the Holy Spirit. Uh, and we should be, you know, we're saved once, you know, once for all, as Baptists like to say. You believe once, uh, Christ saves you once, you're baptized once. And once we have that surety, we have that. But we also need to know that we need to have a constant supply of the Holy Spirit. Uh, we need to have a steady stream of the Holy Spirit in our lives. We need to uh, r understand the fruit of the Holy Spirit, uh, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, uh, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And let me go on here a little bit. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with his passions, once for all, and desires. Verse 25, if we live by the Spirit, let us walk by the Spirit. So this is uh, the proof of the pudding. Do we make Christ our Lord? Are we living by the Spirit? Are we walking by the Spirit? Walking is kind of a redundant. It's, it's, it's uh, another way to say that we're living, we're abiding, we're living, we're walking. These are all interchangeable uh, euphemisms. That's the word I'm looking for. Uh, it's just daily life. Are we living our daily life uh, seeking to be filled with the Spirit? Uh, and this is how we can, you know, don't be all scared by the evil spirits. They are bad. <laughs> they're more powerful than me. Um, and they're more, power, more powerful than you. But we have power and authority of Christ. And we should be seeking every day to fill our every square inch of our being with the Holy Spirit. And if we seek that, he will make it happen. And whenever we can uh, achieve that, a spirit-filled life, that we can minimize the distractions of these evil, unseen things. And that's all I got. I speak to parents all the time who come up to me and they see what's happening, but they don't know what to do. And I just want to stand up and say, you can do this. Here is a solution. This is Yvette Hampton, host of the Schoolhouse Rocked podcast. Join us each week for a new episode as we offer encouragement and resources on biblical discipleship from popular speakers and authors, as well as parents just like you and me. Find out more at schoolhouserocked.com or listen anywhere you find your favorite podcast. The Christian Podcast Community. Our community is a cohesive group of like-minded Christian producers who podcast on areas of expertise and passion. The Christian Podcast Community is a cohesive group of like-minded podcasters proclaiming the truth of Christ with expertise and passion in the areas of theology, church history, Christian living, 
evangelism, apologetic, parenting, homeschooling, sermons, and much, much more. So, check us out at ChristianPodcastCommunity.com. One stop for all your favorite Christian podcasts. ChristianPodcastCommunity.com. Hey, I'm Daryl, and I'm here with my wife, Karen. What's up? And we're the hosts of the What Are We Even Doing Here podcast, the podcast that seeks to answer the question that we all ask, what are we even doing here? We cover topics such as marriage, family, life, and living a Christian life in this crazy world. We don't have all the answers, but we know where to look. Subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on SoundCloud as we seek the kingdom of God and find out what we are even doing here. Grace and peace. Um, but uh, hopefully you learned something from our recent episodes on spiritual warfare uh, that uh, it can be a tough and rugged place, but we have the, the biggest and best weapon in the toolkit uh, between the authority of Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit. Uh, whenever we are seeking God's glory, there's nothing we can't do. Uh, no, we be careful uh, our son's close this week is on some people who couldn't cast out some people and sometimes that happens when we realize that it's not my authority it's not my power I, I can't but if I claim the power of Christ I can command all of them to get up and go because it's not me commanding them it's Christ commanding them and since half of be doing it through me it was for you well with all that uh, let's go ahead and just bring it all down to a close here. Hey, this is your host, Keith, saying, signing off, saying thanks for listening. Tell a friend about us. It's how we grow our audience the most. And if you like what you hear, pass this around. Let us know about us. And here is the voice of the podcast to tell you how to do that. Visit life-truth.com where you can find all our shows. Leave a message or call our voicemail number at 401-753-4844. Find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash life truth page. Follow us on Twitter at HPNCast, capital H, capital P, capital N, capital C, A-S-T. Everything Nathan Caldwell does can be found at facebook.com forward slash protectors of the book. Music in the show is used by permission of Kevin Zerby at zerbinator.wordpress.com. May God richly bless you. May you find everything you need. And if you don't know Jesus, your greatest need is a Savior. Thanks for listening. <laughs>